Ray. Yes, it's now my second attempt to do this. And it's, I think it's number 18. I don't know. I think I'm supposed to start off. But can you hear the air? You just have to put up with the air because it is triple digits here. It's ha, 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 ha. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, anyway. Oh, is that recording? Okay. So, I, you know, I've already told you this. I kind of use our digital diaries as my therapy. I kind of have to counsel myself. So I'm going to counsel myself again. And it's going to be on the basis of how do you handle and how do you let go of things? Like when somebody says something to you that's mean or rude or untrue, how do you just let it go? And how do you not let it affect you? How do you just move forward? So yes, I'm counseling myself because my sister. Okay, we were over at her house this last weekend. She loves board games. Loves them. You know what? I I would much rather go clean a toilet than play a board game. Literally. Maybe not a public toilet, but at least a toilet. Okay? I dislike board games. So anyway, I try to be a person that's participating. I try to be that person that, you know, not everything has to be what I want it to be. And we don't always have to do the activity I want to do. That I can just be that individual that can kind of go with the flow. So we are going to play this game. I don't even know what it's called. But the premise is this. So we're all sitting around. the. It's a huge coffee table that my sister has. And uh, her youngest daughter, who is, mm, I think she's five, four or five, is going to deal the cards. Now, these cards are round. They have uh, probably about, uh, let's say they have about eight pictures of different things, nine pictures. Maybe there's trees, there's pictures of cars, you know, that kind of thing. So she passes out the cards to everyone we all get five cards. And then she, the little girl, is the dealer of cards. So she'll get to turn a card over. And when she turns a card over, that card's going to have all these different pictures. And so then you look at your card that you have. And if your card that you have has any, any of the same pictures that her card has, let's say it's a tree, then you yell out tree and then you grab the card and take it. Okay, and then by the end of the game, whoever has the most cards obviously is the winner. Well, first of all, she's dealing these cards clear over at the furthest end of the table from me. And it's a huge table. And I'm not going to dive across the table to get to it. Okay, so that's the first thing. So we begin this game. And everyone's going and, you know, they're yelling, tree, car, people, you know, whatever, bicycle. And by the time the game is over, I have three cards, okay? I have three cards. I don't really care that I have three cards, but I have three cards. And everybody else has like 16 cards, you know, you you get the, the gig. So then we play probably one or two more games. Oh, I can't even believe it. I played one or two more games. Then my sister says, now, people, she is being fully 
serious. This is not a joking type sister. She doesn't joke when she says things. So she says, okay, everybody just put your cards down. We have two seniors at the table this time, this game. And we're going to let these two seniors turn their cards over so they can kind of memorize their card. Okay, and I'm looking around trying to figure out who the second senior is other than my 80-year-old mother, okay? (laughs) I'm looking, and my girls look at me as if to say, Mom, I think she's talking about you. So then she says, my sister says, Well, okay, Mom and Sydney, you two go ahead and turn your cards over. Go ahead and memorize what's on your cards. And her little boy's in a hurry. He wants to play now. And my sister says to him, no, sweetheart, we need to give the two seniors more time. Their brain doesn't tick along as quickly as our brain does. First of all, I am only two years, three, three years older than my sister. Okay? Three years older. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. But, you know, I think I can tell when I see a picture of a car or a picture of a tree. Okay, anyway, so I say to myself, now I'm very proud of myself because when I was younger, things like this would happen and I would react, right, react. Now as an old dog, I'm able to step back and I say these words to myself, all right, is what what just happened, is it changing my future? If it is, I must stand. Um, if what just happened is an absolute lie about me and is going is hurting me to my core, then I must stand. If what is happening is damaging my children or my family, then I must stand. Otherwise, if it's just something that's not true, but does it really matter? Because I know the truth. If you don't, if if something's being said about you. Right. And you know the truth of who you are and you know the truth of the situation. It really is irrelevant if the individual who's saying it sees the truth. Because when when you really look at things, when someone is vomiting something, I know I really hate that. When someone is saying something hateful or mean or whatever, you got to look at the individual and you have to evaluate, okay, If the person is saying something to you, and it may be hurtful, but if this person is well-educated in the area in which they are speaking to you about, you may want to listen, even though it might be hurtful. Um, Does the person have a lot of history and and wisdom and knowledge, and they're telling you something, and and what they're telling you may hurt you, but it's going to better your life? Well, you may want to listen. But if an individual who's standing across from you is, let's say, they want to tell you how to become a dentist, but their specialty is landscaping, you may want to just pause and go, well, you know, I don't think I'm going to really take much of what they're going to say to me in in regards to me becoming a dentist. I'm not going to really own much of it because they don't even know how to be a dentist. They're a landscaper. So this is what I am saying to myself. When things like that, like I'm a senior, quote unquote, and 
I can't think as clearly or as quickly as everyone else, and I am being put in a box with my 80-year-old mother, then I have to step back and go, okay, Sid, is that the truth? Can you tell a tree? Can you see a tree on your card and see a tree on the card of the little dealer? Well, yeah, I can. I basically can tell when I see a tree. Okay. So is what's being said to you, is it truth or is it false? Well, it's false. So then I, all of this is going through my head, by the way. Okay, if it's false, uh, does it matter what the individual who's saying it to you thinks? Does it matter? Like, is it going to change my life, change my future, change who I am? Is it that important that she see me the way I see me? No, it really doesn't matter. And therefore, if, if it doesn't really matter for, the, for my future, for my well-being, for my children, for who I am, if it, if it doesn't really matter what that individual across from me thinks, then that's the one that you go, okay, oil to water. It really doesn't matter. And I'm really grateful that I am an old dog because learning how to determine what matters and what doesn't, learning how to determine what you should stand, because if something, if something is being said about you that's absolutely untrue and it is going to damage your your future, damage you, then you must stand. If what's happening or being said is overstepping your boundaries or uh, damaging your children, then you must stand. But other than that, I think that if more people have the game plan of don't don't react, just take a moment, breathe, and really evaluate who is saying what to you. Do they own the keys, the history, the experience, and the education to gift you with whatever is going to better you, even though it may hurt you? Then take take the constructive criticism. Otherwise, mm, you just sort of shake it off. Oil to water. Oh, my laws. Anyway, thank you. Thank you, Ray. I saw... Oh, I'm moving on now. Thank you for listening because I think I do feel better. Thank you very much. Okay, so I saw your text. And are you in Montreal? What are you doing? Are you out doing like some HBO special, some Showtime special? What are you doing? Anyway, okay. Okay, well, I miss you. I love you. And thank you to the listeners. I am really looking forward to our luncheon. I know I say it every time. One day it's going to happen. And I just appreciate every one of you. And there you go. I love you all. Dare to be better with Ray and Sid. Well, hello, Sydney. Hello, folks. How are you all? For my senior partner who can't process horses and sailboats and puppy dogs and beach balls, I'll go real slow for you, okay? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Who the hell does that? Oh, my God. And this is family. Good Lord, if uh, if you're out to lunch mentally for good, I'm right behind you. We're exactly the same age for a couple more months. So if you're old and decrepit and that's it for you, I'm going to be right there with you. 
that's going to be a pretty picture. You and I are sitting at the microphone at like 95 years old. And uh, we're just staring at each other and we don't know why anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's. I'm hoping it takes that long anyway. But you do know there are certain cultures in the world. You being from the Asian part of the world originally, but you didn't grow up there, I know. China, for instance, they revere their senior citizens. And they're the most important people at the table. And maybe that was the backhanded way of doing that. Let's show these people reverence. Let's, you know, treat them like they're uh, invalids. I mean, there's a big difference between your age and 80 years old still. That's insane. And the fact that they just did it like right in front of you, it was just so, uh, you, uh, like you didn't react. I think you handled that perfectly. And 22-year-old Sydney, I know you would have lost it. I would have said something at that age. And I don't know, maybe I would have said something today, but I would have made a joke out of it, and uh, it really wouldn't bother me at this point. Very little does. But um, I actually wasn't just in Montreal. I was in Monterey. Not Mexico, but California. Now, actually, a couple of weeks ago, first week of August, I was way upstate New York, and I was very close to Montreal. I was like 45 minutes from the border of Quebec. So maybe that was where the confusion is. You know, I was very close to Montreal. We could see Montreal. We could see the mountains. But um, just a couple of days ago, last week, I was in Monterey. I flew in to San Francisco. I spent a couple of days doing an event, a couple of events, down in Monterey. And uh, because of my rash of cancellations I had, you know, with flights, two in a row to St. Augustine and one in Pittsburgh... I wasn't taking any chances with uh, Monterey has a small airport, even San Jose, which is a bigger international airport, but not as big as SFO. So I figured I'm going hub to hub. I'm going Newark to San Francisco and just drive, you know, the hour and a half or two hours down the coast. It's a beautiful ride. Um, you know, it was no problem at all. So, and uh, the events were awesome. They were classic car shows. And when I say classic cars, I'm not talking about 69 Camaros, which are fantastic. I'm talking more like 25 Packards, you know, Rolls Royces from uh, the Golden Age, um, McLaren F1. I mean, super, super, super. In some cases, one of a kind vehicles. And uh, there was a car show, a big party. And then the whole weekend to follow, it was uh, auctions. So I can't imagine what some of these things went for. And I was, you know, just somebody who was there as a promo person. I do what I do. You know me. I've got my hands on everything. Uh, that's my so-called, quote-unquote, day gig. Events. Just like, just like concerts. Just like everything else. You know. But that was fun. That was a great, uh, great experience. And, you know, I only mention these things that I was out of town once I get home. You know, that old standby of, uh, don't tell people you're not home, especially on the old answer machine. We're not home right now, but uh, we'll be back in five days. Please don't rob us. Beep. Yeah. No, thanks. But I'm actually not driving for a change. I'm in the kitchen and I'm prepping some supper. And I'm a little on the late side because uh, I had to uh, take care of some... Uh, other business. I had to go see a horse. I had to go see some people about a horse. Isn't that what they say? 
Now I was actually getting another vehicle on the road, and uh, I gotta say, motor vehicle was a little too easy this time. I hope I don't have to pay that back next time. But everything went pretty smoothly, and uh, you know, you thank God for those moments where things are seamless because the things that are supposed to be seamless. You know, if you say those magic words, oh, this will be easy. Well, there you go. You just, you just hexed it. <laughs> you just put the kibosh on that. I don't believe in hexes, but um, Murphy's Law, maybe. Goes a rescue vehicle, excuse me. Um, got the windows open tonight. It's actually really mild out in comparison. We're not triple digits like you. Although I think it's been getting into the high upper 80s, you know, around 90, maybe low 90s. But it's been topping out at maybe 91, I think, this week. Now, in Monterey and San Francisco, in the Bay, it never went above 69. And it was sunny, and it was beautiful. Not a cloud in the sky. Except in the mornings, you know, when uh, the fog rolled in. That was cool to see, too. Well, so much for finishing in the kitchen and not being on the road. My daughter came in and asked me what I was making her for dinner, or ordering her for dinner. So, that took precedence. Anybody else, you don't get away with interrupting my podcast, but uh, I guess uh, <laughs> my daughter knows that she owns me, so you know how that goes. But the San Francisco trip, uh, the Monterey trip was fantastic. I had another trip that was supposed to take place, and that got postponed. So next big trip, I think, is in October for a week in Florida, different locations, but uh yeah, more on that when uh, it gets closer. The big one I've got coming up is uh, a live date in Union, New Jersey on September 10th. It's a Saturday. I think I mentioned this a couple of times. Uh, Salem Roadhouse, 829 Salem Road, Union, New Jersey. And I'm appearing as Ray Powers Live, Ray Powers and Friends. This will be mostly solo acoustic with a couple of surprises. <laughs> Some well-guarded ones and some not so secret anymore. Um, this will also be a charity event. Proceeds go to... It was the PALS program for the uh, YWCA of Union County. PALS, I forgot exactly what it stands for. I'm driving so I can't look it up. But basically, uh, children of... Uh, domestic abuse. Uh, yeah, I'm having a, a brain uh, little fog here, but uh, children in homes where domestic abuse is going on. So, you know, if they've witnessed it, if they've been a part of it, you know, I guess all the uh, terrible things that come along with that, this is specifically a program for the kids who are, uh, you know, I guess... Um, you know, in a household, in an environment where domestic violence has been taking place. You know how I feel about people who uh, raise their hand to spouses. It's cowardly and it's unnecessary. There's never an opportunity, or I should say there's never a reason where you have to resort to physical violence. You know, if your spouse is pissing you off, leave the house. Go take a ride, go have a beer. You know, go out with your buddies, go to a batting range, go to a driving range, and uh, 
you know, work out your frustrations, hit the heavy bag, do whatever you have to do, but get out of that situation. That's ridiculous. And uh, I'm talking firsthand. You know, I was in a bad marriage back in the early, early 90s, in my early, early 20s. And, uh, you know, I can, I guess at this point I could uh, elaborate if I wanted to, but all I'll say is I was not someone who raised my hands to a spouse. But, uh, you know, I can tell you firsthand that it does, it does go on. And uh, if your five foot nothing wife swats at you, you're expected to just take it as a man because you're six feet tall and you're, you know, you've got a background in boxing or whatever. You can't raise your hands back. And I get that. But uh, it goes both ways. You know, you can't just go swinging at somebody with impunity and expect, uh, you know, good things to happen. Anyway, I'm off on a tangent. I think I'm trying to kill the 10 minutes here. I guess I can go short this week. Sydney uh, cut her short last week, so she did the heavy lifting with that story. I still can't get over that. But uh, Sydney, you're young, you're spry, you're beautiful. Uh, you've got your wits about you. And uh, I know you can tell a horsey from a sailboat. So <laughs> you can be on my team any day with Pictionary or whatever you guys are playing. Anyway. Miss you, love you. Everybody out there, I miss and love you guys. So, uh, treat each other well, okay? That's about all I got for this week. Enjoy. God bless.